the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. <laughs> it's Monday. The sun's shining. That's, that's the best, isn't it? The sun's beautiful. Steelers are horrific. Horrific. The Pirates are in the dumpster. Um, we went and saw uh, the Riverhound soccer game on Saturday night, which was fabulous. It's the best sporting event you could find for the weekend. I think so, yeah. But I'm here with you, and Mike's here, and we're happy that you are as well. So thanks for coming along today. I mean, all is not lost, right? No, of course Christ is not. on the throne. Exactly. Yeah. And the three of us love music, and we listen to a lot of it. <laughs> we sure do. News came today that was surprising to me that would have made my dad so thrilled mm-hmm. that for the first time since 1986, vinyl is poised to outsell CDs. That's crazy. Now, there's a there's a, you know, a backside to this. A backside. Well, we were talking about this and Like you, a B-side. Well, you well, yeah, would it be so? You were confessing that you yourself still buy CDs, which is shocking. I don't know anybody who buys CDs. What? You buy CDs? What are you buying a CD for? What do you mean? What Why are you a CD? I mean, I haven't bought a CD What are you probably, buying vinyl? No, I'm streaming. Oh. No, no, I'm streaming. Whenever no. I see something. Streaming like, is a completely different musical experience. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that a pretty oh, sound? I like that sound. See something about, something's about to happen. Yep, something big. Yep. You know, something's. All I of a sudden, it, so. Howard Cosell's going to start talking about Frank Sinatra coming oh, into nice. the play Madison that, Mike, Square Garden. Play that once more. I just want to hear that. That's, just, that's like, sort of like a. Yeah, I like that sound. Very comforting, yeah, isn't it? I like it. Well, that is a dirty. That's a dirty vinyl. You need to clean. Yeah, that up you a yeah, bit. definitely <laughs> okay. need some sort of yeah. application put on it. Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm surprised that people. I mean, so there, there's so vinyl sales are on the rise thanks to the hipsters among us, but CD sales have taken a nosedive, which is no surprise. Um, some sixty five percent of music sales are done through streaming. I got no problem with it. That's sad. I'll tell you why it's sad the, for, for a number of reasons. First of all, if you know anyone who's a musician and trying to make their money mm. it, oh, out of music, it. streaming is the death knell. Right, You're right. Just, it's, you, you get paid so little, so pathetically yep. little for your money that you can't survive. Fractions of pennies Fract, per it's, cell. It's really pathetic. Um, the second thing is that album art and like – Linking an album with a whole concept, mm-hmm. and I don't just mean like the classic concept album, but I mean just an overall artistic concept sure. is completely dead. Yeah, and that's a to me that is a beautiful thing. If I really want a, an album to stick in my head, right. I like to have the art that I can look at. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the I, I don't look at it as I did vinyl when I was a kid and stare at it for hours and imagine it's not quite to that extent. But I still need some type of 
like visual link if I'm going to really remember music. Of course, you're right. Now, that's a great point. You just drew the image of lying on the floor, listening to an album, mm-hmm. and studying the album cover, front, back. Hopefully, it opened up inside. There might be lyrics there, all that thing. That was the best. There might be a whole explanation of what the artist was thinking mm-hmm. when they wrote this song or that. I used to love that stuff. Me too. I mean. Now, have you bought have you bought any uh, vinyl recently? No. It's expensive. It's, it's yeah. Right. It's I bet it is. Super niche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, by the grace of God, my oldest, uh, with the help of your father, actually, is a vinyl freak. Yeah. And so we often go to Jerry's which is no longer Jerry's, but it's still Jerry's, which is excellent. And, of course, you know, you go to Half Price or wherever. There are plenty of places around town you can still buy vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can buy high-fidelity vinyl if you really are into listening at that place on Babcock Boulevard in the North Hills. Next to the Gulf. What's that uh, called? Yeah, Northern. It? It's right. That's super high-end. Yeah, it's right by the miniature golf course. I can't think of what it's called. Someone can call in if they know the name of it, because yeah. I'd like what, to give them a plug. What's the golf really course? Wonderful. What's niece. Mi- Niece's Miniature Golf, Yeah, which is a great miniature golf course. Which has been there for about 100 years. I love it so much. Two different golf courses. Yeah, so next to Niece's, yeah. there's that, they sell turntables and a ton of vinyl. There's a great listening room in there. Mm-hmm. You can see a ton. The headphone yeah. listening room. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, okay, so vinyl sales are on the upswing. Which I'm sure, well, this was surprising. So I'm reading this article from Rolling Stone, which is the headline, Vinyl is Poised to Outsell CDs for the First Time Since 1986. Now, they talked to somebody from Warner Brothers, uh, a guy who's the chairman, Tim, oh, Tom Corson. He's the uh, chairman of CEO. He says, uh, it represents an investment in music that's an emotional one. It's mm-hmm. a small percentage of our business. It's not going to make or break our year. We devote the, the right amount of resources to it, but it's not something where we have a department for it. So they don't have a department of vinyl. It's just sort of like, now it's an afterthought. Do they have a department of CDs? Oh, I'm sure they do. Do they not have that anymore? Yeah, well, you know, it's probably a dwindling department. It's all streaming now, like you said. Yeah. Uh, How about Neil Young? Do you know the the Neil Young thing? Mm -mm. He is obsessed with vinyl. Uh, So much so that any time I've read an interview with Neil Young over the past 10 years, he's like on a rampage. He is emotionally invested. He started his own record label in many ways to combat the demise or the the rise of streaming. Of digital music, He yeah. just hates it mm-hmm. so much. Um, Every musician hates it. Yeah. There's not a musician that likes it. Because it sounds horrible by comparison. <laughs> it sounds horrible and you don't make any money. Right. So if you've never heard... Brighton uh, Music No, Center. that's not what it is. No. no, Brighton's across the street. Okay. It's on the other side of, of Babcock right Boulevard. Next to but thanks, Mike. Um if you've never listened to music in a way that's really focused, you know, most of us listen to music with it when it's in the background. Right. But there are some people who really are focused on music Sit and down listen to, to it. Enjoy right. It. So I grew up in a, in a family that did that because my dad was an audiophile to the nth degree. When you sit down and listen to vinyl versus CD, it is shocking. Oh, yeah. It is. Uh, and I wouldn't have believed it if I didn't grow up with it and heard it all the time. Right. But there is no comparison in the audio image, the clarity of it, the liveness. The warmth. Oh, it's like, right. well, isn't it amazing? It is amazing because we listen to CD and then to streaming. It's so it's compressed. compression, compression, right. compression. Mm-hmm. So everything is tight and controlled. Right. Even though it's super clean, it, it's soul-sucking in many ways. Right. But if you're listening to a turntable 
and vinyl all the time. You're investing a lot of time in cleaning those things, in caring for those things. I mean, it's a heck of a lot easier to put yeah. your CD in the thing and not worry about it. Yeah, that's why phone. that's why CDs CDs became what they are. Sure, right? Oh, but then it's so you know, much easier. Now look at streaming. You jump in your car, you press a button, you're good to go. Eh. <laughs> and that's what, that's the attitude, isn't it? Yeah. People kind of go, eh, it's right. okay. It's good enough. It's right. good enough. You know, it reminds me of reading books on an e-reader. Mm, which I have not done. It is soul-sucking. Mm, really? I know that people disagree on this, and it, it, it all depends on your personal preference. But when I'm reading a book that has paper and that's actually bound, like a traditional book, yeah. it's a different experience than – and I've done a lot of both. So I feel like I can make a fully researched uh, opinion and present that in a way that isn't like you know leaning one towards the other because I don't want to get into this newfangled stuff. I've had a Kobo, I've had a Kindle, I've done both. I've probably I've easily read a hundred books on uh, on electronics. Yeah, no way, no comparison, no comparison. Because really? I was just recently thinking of buying one. No, just, I mean, just for the here's ease the thing: if you're traveling, yeah, it's ideal. Because if you're going to be gone for two weeks, do you want to carry around five books? No, of course, of course not. you don't no, want to no. do that. Especially if you're traveling on an airplane. If you're in a car, it's no big deal. You just toss some books in the back. Right. If you're on an airplane, nobody wants no, to no, do you that. Just have your little uh, right, right, thing right. To sit there. So for travel, it's really good. Otherwise, forget it. Mm-hmm. Mike said, "Music to my ear." Okay, that, that could be it. Thank okay. you, Mike. And I just googled uh, record stores in Pittsburgh. There's yeah. at least 20 of them in Allegheny County. Good, believe it Very or not, nice. record 20 stores. of them. Now, yeah. see, that wouldn't have been the case five years ago. Really? No. No. It's the rise of the hipsters yeah. that have made Go it Go hipsters. Okay Thank you, hipsters. Yeah, hey, please. We know. That, chalk it up to the millenniums for once. The millennials, you mean? Yes, for mm-hmm. the millennials. Thank well, you. No, no, wait a second. Don't yeah. be out giving it all the millennials. Listen, we give him so much garbage for being a millennial. Yeah, Allow what? the guy to take some pride every once uh, in a just while. Just a little time. I think every hipster is basically around the millennial age. Right. What, so we have to give it to them. Mike, do you yourself own a record player? Um, unfortunately, uh, I, no. I I don't, but I have like four milk cartons of albums. Of albums. Milk cartons. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, the folks from Turner's will be happy to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, we'll talk about political fatigue, Mayor Peduto, and us all going to the mall. <laughs> Selena Zito next. Hey, if you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing businesses continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. And your health plan, it's a big part of the cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase in your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in network. Isn't it time for a change? Stop the insanity. Call Marley Financial the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is, Marley can help you today. Call 724-884-1496. It's Marley Financial, marleyfg.com. 101.5 WORD. Absolutely huge hurricane. Destructive wind. Horrendous damage. Now that the storm has passed, the people of the Bahamas are relying on God's people, us, to help them make it to tomorrow. One of the strongest hurricanes. Families devastated by Monster Storm Dorian need Word FM listeners to step into their lives. With 
with life-saving emergency relief. Search and rescue. Your generous gift will provide a family who has lost everything desperately needed emergency supplies. You can make a difference one family at a time. Please call 855-828-HOPE or go to wordfm.com. Bart, it's an amazing song. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's kind of happening. Now see them live in concert. The Imagination Tour featuring Mercy Me. Special guest Crowder. Word FM welcomes Mercy Me. Coming to PPG Paints Arena October 4th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. The Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber proudly presents the next Innovation Pittsburgh. Thursday evening, September 12th, 5 to 7.30 p.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton and Mars. Join Allegheny County Executive Rich Fitzgerald along with the area's leading public transit experts on improving the future of public transportation throughout the North Hills. Come for open networking and hors d'oeuvres at 5, followed by presentations and panel discussion. Tickets and details at pghnorthchamber.com. Looking for a satisfying career? helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. 101.5 WORD. We want to know more about you. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. Go to our website and take our short, anonymous Word FM listener survey. Answer just a few questions. I've got to concentrate. concentrate. A few easy questions to let us know who you are and how you listen to Word FM. Now the question is, how much cash do you want? How's a hundred bucks? Someone who takes the survey will win $100 cash. Are there any questions? If not, take the listener survey now at wordfm.com slash survey. We are uh, efforting for uh, Selena Zito to join us in a few minutes. But until then, let's re- Fresh where we've been with Mayor Peduto and all of us going to the mall. Right. Right. So uh, Mayor Peduto gave a, an interview to John Delano of KDKA, and it was about the panhandling in the particularly the cultural district of downtown right, and also right. just the increase in violence. You know, we've had four stabbings down there in the last how long? Month. OK. Um, so people are understandably, in my mind, concerned about it, and they want to talk about it. Sure. Um, people who are vendors and owners of restaurants and such downtown definitely want to talk about it because they think, okay, you know, we've had this wonderful increase in the numbers of people who want to come downtown, especially to eat, to go to a club, to do whatever. We don't want those people to disappear. Right. I mean, you know, the road to where the cultural district is now, considering where it was 25 oh years gosh. ago. I mean, you know, they've done great work down there. So, So the mayor, you know, sort of glibly saying, well, you know, uh, if you don't like what you what's going on here, just go to the mall. Yeah, you know, it incensed people. It just made people nuts. Uh, Selena Zito's with us. Selena's a, a she's a, a reporter for the New York Post and the Washington Examiner. Her author of a, a newest book is called The Great Revolt: Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping American Politics. For eleven years, uh, Selena was at the Pittsburgh Tribune Review as a columnist covering national politics. But a Pittsburgher uh, by birth and by uh, choice, Selena. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming along today. 
Thanks so much for having me. All right, Selena, I don't know if you're keeping up with your hometown uh, fight right now over what we should do with the cultural district. Now, it's not about who we give permits to or what restaurant we go to or who's at the Benedum. But instead, we're talking about a rise in violence, people starting to feel like, okay, maybe I don't want to take my kids downtown on a Thursday night because there have been four stabbings. There are a lot of panhandlers. The subject was raised with our mayor, and he said, well, if people don't like it, you know, this isn't an elite playground. They can go to the mall. Right. Uh, yes, <laughs> I have heard that. In fact, it's made national news. Look, yeah, I understand that the the, the, the mayor has, um, for the most part of his um, um, tenure, uh, has been able to uh, be an ambassador. Right. It's very. It's it's unusual for him to have to um, uh, talk about bad things. Uh, because there's so many good things that have been happening in the city. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously there's exceptions to that, what happened with Tree of Life sure. um, and, and situations uh, um, that, that with, with crime and so forth. But for the most part, he has been able to be, to have the role of goodwill ambassador. And I don't think that there was a level of expectation that that this, this question was coming to him. Although I'm very surprised because if you read local news or you follow local blogs or Twitter, it's all people are talking about. And, and it, it is a grave concern. Um, look, in 1979, Jack Hines, the CEO, not not the former congressman, but his father, um, it, it came up with the idea uh, of the cultural tr- uh, district, and people laughed at him because you know you know they said why why are we this is a shot in the beer town this is a steel town well we were almost at uh, 20% unemployment at that moment and he had the vision to understand that uh, that the cultural district along with Ed and, and, and Meds would be the future for our city and it would diversify our economy and it would bring people downtown and for over that 30 year period you know people think it happened overnight in Pittsburgh but people you know, civic leaders who really got engaged and created what you see uh, downtown. And so, you know, they wanted what they were trying to turn around was people going to the suburbs and people going to malls. They wanted to bring them back downtown for eating and for drinking and for shopping. Shopping's a little, you know, kind of a problem now because we've sure. lost all of our department stores downtown. But n- nonetheless, uh, so to say flippantly go to the mall is not what a goodwill ambassador does mm-hmm. for the for the city. You have to be able to take criticism. You have to be able to say, you know, look, we got a problem and we all need to come together and deal with it. Rather than dividing people and insinuating that if you can't deal with an aggressive panhandler, you need to stay in the suburbs or you need to go to a mall. That's people that have invested a lot of money to live down in town Pittsburgh. I'm sure we're not happy to hear that kind of 
uh, sort of snarky answer to a, a very real and legitimate problem. Right. And, and Selena, you know, your point's well taken. That, you know, things have been on the upswing in Pittsburgh for the past decade or so, even longer. And so the mayor himself um, really hasn't had to court a lot of controversy. This is something that's sort of, you know, self-made that he's kind of shot himself in the foot. Uh, what about politically here in the city of Pittsburgh? I mean, you know, you've been around long enough to know that most people uh, who live in the city, at least, you know, my parents' generation, they were straight ticket Democrats. And so, yeah. you know, a Democrat mayor comes in, I mean, whether it's Pete Flaherty or Richard Calajuri, people are just you know, thumbs up. And, you know, so the mayor's going to stick around regardless of his, his gaffes or whether he gets along with the people who run the cultural trust. Well, Wow, wait a minute. Oh, good, what do you got? (laughs) So I think that we are forgetting our history of uh, electing outsiders to the mayor's office. Yeah. Declarity, he was not part of the establishment. No, he sure wasn't, no. He he beat John Tabor in a Democratic um, uh, primary because that's where elections are won and lost. Uh, in the city. I mean, it's like 75% registered Democrats. So, you know, Pete Flaherty beat John Tabor, and everyone expected John Tabor to win. He was the establishment favorite. Same with Dick Caligiuri. Nobody expected him to win. He wasn't the Democrats' favorite. In fact, I think he ran as a new Democrat. Hmm. Sophie Maslow, nobody, <laughs> nobody thought Sophie Maslow was going to win. No. And I remember this quote in the newspaper at the time, I think it was in the Pittsburgh Press, um, one of her um, her handlers said, nobody likes Sophie Maslow, but the people. Hmm. So I think there is an opportunity for an outsider to challenge the mayor. Now, it doesn't mean they'd win, but certainly they would scare, it, it would, it would, you know, sort of stir things up. Told him to understand that, um, you know, uh, being uh, pushing off things like this or run being an ideologue as a mayor doesn't really fit well with people. People want a good manager. I, I would I would argue that Rich Fitzgerald, the county executive, Excellent. does a great job as a manager. I would too. Yeah, he manages the manages the county. I was just in Warren, Ohio today. Mayor Franklin. Never talks about Republican or Democrat. First African-American mayor of Warren, Ohio. All he talks about is managing the city. And he works with the Republican governor and the Republican senators and the, and the Democratic members of Congress. That's what people want from a mayor. So to sort of spout off that way is, is not what people are looking for. Right. So the mayor has this uh, sort of negative cast as bike lane bill. And of course, no matter, you know, what you feel about bike lanes, I mean, if you're a biker, you got to love the, you know, the rise of bike lanes. But, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, right, because he is a Democrat, most serious challengers, like you said, they might push the agenda a little bit, but for the most part, we're going to be stuck with Mayor Peduto until he decides he's had enough. I don't know. I think we're in a new era today. I think there's there is an opportunity uh, for someone that's an outsider, maybe someone that has never been in politics, to uh, to challenge the mayor. And I think that this, that there are possibilities. Okay, good. If, if this if, that this could happen, so, I, I would. I've lived through um, three three outsiders winning, so I, I think it's highly it's it's not improbable to happen. I'm all for it. So, are you up for it? Me, I don't live in the city. <laughs> Come on, Selena. Come on back. 
Come on. No, We'd no, welcome I, you back. I, would, I, I like being in the background. I like being a journalist. I would never run for dog catcher. Yeah, I'm with you. Selena Zito is with us, author of The Great Revolt, Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping American Politics. Selena, before you leave us, I want to ask you about something that's kind of been occupying a portion of my brain for the last six months or so. It's the idea of political fatigue. And I know that you're you know, on the cutting edge of what's happening politically all around the U.S. And I wonder what you think. We're about to head into a, uh, a presidential election cycle. I don't know if I can bear it, and I wonder if other people are feeling the same way. Well, I just drove 6,922 back roads miles across the country and back. (laughs) And I will tell you, you are not alone. Okay. And a lot of people have just completely tuned out. I mean, spare me. And I will tell you, and you know, I, I I get laughed at by my peers when I say this. But honestly, most people tune out until maybe the first week of October of mm-hmm. the year. Um, before. I mean, they'll, they'll, you know, if there's something disastrous that happens. Or, sure. Or, but, but this day-to-day sort of political intrigue, they, they, they've got to worry about paying bills. Or how's their kid doing in college? Or is my street being repaired? Or do I need to get a new roof? They're not obsessing about politics in the way that my profession does. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean about your profession, Selena? Is there a is there a growing gap between you guys and us? Yeah, I, absolutely. Here's what I would say. Well, I work for CNN and the New York Post and Washington Examiner, all New York and Washington-based entities. I live right here in Pittsburgh. I spend every Sunday on the north side at my parents' for, for Sunday dinner, like probably 70% of, of Yinters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but... But, you know, I went to a state school, and I, and I, and I grew up in a blue-collar blue neighborhood, and I went to a city school, and I sit in church in the pew every Sunday. And I think what the problem is is that people that are covering the country, uh, because there's less local news organizations, mm-hmm. and most of these news organizations are now focused and, and, and located and centralized in New York and, and D.C., you, you don't have people who have this, the diversity of viewpoints um, uh, that, that are covering the news. That's what I think the problem mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not people that are covering the news right. that maybe are covering people that, you know, don't understand why faith is so important to them, don't understand the tradition of owning a gun, don't understand why someone would be pro-life, don't understand why someone wouldn't be unwilling to move from where they live for bigger opportunity, not understanding that being rooted to a community is more value to them than a big salary. Okay, so if there is that gulf then between journalists and the regular person, I'm wondering about polling for the 2020 presidential election. Do you think we'll get accurate polling results or are people just not going to say what they really think? 34%. 34%. If you read, if you look in the back of the Great Revolt, which I highly recommend everybody get, especially heading into 2020. But if you look in the back of my book, we, there's an appendix where we did detailed polling. 34% of Trump voters in 2016 did not tell family members or friends mm-hmm. uh, that they were going to vote for, for Donald Trump. Sometimes they didn't even tell their spouses. Yeah. And 2016 looks like a uh, 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 like a Disney movie compared to what we're heading to, into in 2020. Well, you got that right. Hey, Selena, so just one more thing. 6,900 plus miles. What's the state of our country? 
I mean, are, are we a reflection of that? Or when you think about all the turmoil or people just not wanting to engage, the job situation's pretty good. America feels strong. Um, we're not doing so bad, are we? The, the country that uh, you see outside of social media, let's just say Twitter, the country you see outside of Twitter is completely different than what you would see when you logged on to Twitter. Yeah. People, are, people are, aren't divided by race. People aren't divided by, um, you know, they don't resent neighbors or people that live in a neighborhood beyond them that make more money than them. Um, and, and most people are just willing to help each other out. Most people are very aspirational. They want to come together. They, that's a very American DNA thing. And they want, and they want to come together for their communities. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's localism, you know, and, you know, when you think localism, it's like, oh, farm to table and we're going to, you know, go to a really fancy restaurant. Localism is a lot more than that. It's about, uh, um, Staying rooted to your community and helping it get better, and I think you know that's my sort of um, uh, viewpoint after almost four weeks on the road, um, taking a look at the country all across the Midwest and all the way back through the South. Well, Selena, thank God for you. We need more people like you. <laughs> we need that voice. Thanks an awful lot. We really appreciate it. We really do. Thanks so much for having me on. If people want to check out what I'm writing, they can just go to my website, com, and sign up for emails, and they can get stories. I'll probably end up in a community near theirs at some point. Outstanding. Thanks, Selena. SelenaZito.com. She is the author of The Great Revolt Inside the Populist Coalition, Reshaping American Politics. Selena Zito. Papa, to me you are so wonderful. Oh, my Papa, to me you are so good. Does that song bring back memories of days gone by and sage folks in our lives? Hi, this is Marcia from the Springhouse, and we love remembering the olden days. We also love honoring these dear folks in our lives at the upcoming Grandparents' Day ham and turkey dinner at the Springhouse. It's the second Sunday in September, and we'll be featuring our own hickory smoked ham, roast turkey, real mashed potatoes, and all the fixins. In our family, my mom and dad are so great at making each of their 19 grandchildren feel like the favorite. Do you know some special folks like that that you'd love to honor? Bring them to the Springhouse Country Store and Dairy Farm for good old-fashioned eating. Check out springhousemarket.com for more details or give us a call at 724-228-3339. Looking forward to seeing you at the Springhouse at 84 PA. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. 
please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, a low of 57. For tomorrow, partly sunny, warmer, and more humid, a high of 87. For tomorrow night, patchy clouds and a more humid night with a low of 66. And for Wednesday, very warm, humid, some sunshine, and an afternoon shower or thunderstorm around and a high of 89. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Jake Soja. In Finland, there is a supermarket chain called S Markets. And uh, reading an article here in the to New York Times, S Markets kind of sounds like um, a Finnish version of Aldi's, where they, you know, they slash food prices. They're saying S Markets reduces food pricing by about thirty percent. Now, in, in a way to combat what uh, S Market considers food waste, which of course is a real thing. Uh, Every night at 9 p.m., they all they reduce the already reduced prices by an additional 60% in the hopes of drawing in a regular crowd of people. Like, you know, they're calling it food happy hour. So you have a regular group of people who show up for food happy hour. They take the food that has not sold that day, the fresher food, in the hopes of reducing that, you know, selling more, reducing those that overall food uh, surplus. And everyone sort of makes better because of it. I haven't been this excited about an idea in a long time. That is so terrific. Yep. Now, it's they said it has not yet come to the United States. Oh, it. But ha- if, I pray that it does. That's the Old Testament concept of gleaning. Right. Which is that you don't plow to the edge of your field, right? You leave a border of it away, yeah. so that people can have food to eat and can work, have meaningful work that they can gather on their own with some dignity. Right. Okay, so one-third, this is shocking, one-third of the food produced and packaged for human consumption is lost or wasted. One-third? According to the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations. That equals 1.3 billion tons a year of waste worth $680 billion. That is tragic. It represents more than just a disastrous miscalculation of need and want, given that 10% of the people in the world are chronically undernourished. Now, the hope is that this will take off. Mm -hmm. It was started by a woman who grew up in all places of East Germany. And she said, 
when the wall fell, she started to travel into West Germany and then started to travel around Europe freely. She was shocked at the abundance of food. Right. And then she was doubly shocked at the waste, waste of, of food. food. So the hope is... Isn't, isn't it a sin? How we waste food. Of course it is. Look look at your produce bin. Oh, my goodness. Right? You buy it with good intentions. Yes. It sits there. I'll yes. get to that. I'll get to that. Listen, and then you throw it away. When you have traveled, you've done so much traveling around the world. When you come back and walk into one of our grocery stores. Seriously. I, I was shocked. I was on a long trip. I was gone for a couple of weeks. And I got off the plane and my wife was like, hey, welcome back. Can you go to the store on the way home? And I couldn't believe like, you know, being at one point like in Senegal and people just barely getting by and then walking into a giant eagle at like 10 o'clock at night, the fluorescent lights and all the color and the variety. It was overwhelming. It is. Listen, I was in Western Europe, which is not Senegal, for two weeks. I still could not believe when I came back because they don't have stores like that. Right. There are no grocery stores that I saw anywhere that were anything like what we have here. They have little markets. You know, you go into like, you know, your little grocery sure. in Morante. Grocery Italiana. Bates, right. Or, or T-Bones in Wexford. That you have, They have little markets like that. There's nothing like this. How about Costco or Sam's Club? <laughs> I mean, that's gigantic. Do you belong to Costco or Sam's Club? Sam's. I don't. I don't. Uh, it's too much. Yeah, it's, the bulk is too big. The only reason we belong to it is it's right by our house. Right. And so it's it's an easy but get. But how do you to. do that? Because you can't buy like, you know, 10 bananas. If, well, you got to buy done, a case. I've, we've done so many calculations about this. It would make you laugh at how pitifully concerned we are about details. But just if you buy enough things on a monthly basis, basis that save you enough money, it's worth it. I guess so. So if you buy your paper towels, your toilet sure, sure, paper, sure. your olive oil, your these are the things that we buy. Our They're frozen staples. fruit, our frozen vegetables, all those things end up making it worth it. I see. Anyway. But so, I get what you mean about singing is too much. Oh, I mean, if it wasn't near so my house, I wouldn't drive for it. Forget it. No. So... We're too used to too much. We got it good. I think it's I think it's bad for us. So the world wastes a ton of food. A Finnish company is hoping to reduce that by doing grocery store happy hour. It's a good idea. WORD. We want to know more about you. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. Go to our website and take our short, anonymous Word FM listener survey. Answer just a few questions. I've got to concentrate. A few easy questions to let us know who you are and how you listen to Word FM. Now, the question is how much cash do you want? How's a hundred bucks? Someone who takes the survey will win $100 cash. Are there any questions? If not, take the listener survey now at wordfm.com slash survey. At Accurate Solutions Group, we're known to consort with pirates, penguins, and even panthers, and of course the Steelers. Maybe fans of Pittsburgh's most beloved sports teams turn to us because they know we're Yinzers too. So whether you're a pirate fan, penguin, panther, or Steelers, or all of the above, give us a call. I'm Kurt Kenotic. Ethan and I will help you get to where you need to be. Retirement is what we do, independent is what we are, and fiduciary is how we practice. Retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. A retirement blueprint from Accurate Solutions Group. It's customized and personalized to your unique situation. Call 412-515-3555. It's never too late and it's never too early. 412-515-3555. Or visit ASGRetire.com. 
Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. I thought it was a great experience working with Nello. They were honest, understood what we were looking for. They really went above and beyond. Impact Christian Church on building ministry with Nello Construction. How they spent time with us and got to know us on a personal level really meant a lot to us because they got to know us, not just our building, and that really came out in what they constructed for us. We took this old building that was pretty beat up and to see it transformed into what it is today was truly an awesome experience. Got a vision? Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724 283 1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. Americans have a ton of debt. And if you've ever known anyone in your family or a friend, or perhaps it's you yourself who has been crushed by medical bills, I'm telling you, they pile up faster than you can even open the envelopes. Right. Most likely you or someone you know your credit report has been impacted by someone that you owe bills to who's wearing a white medical smock. That's just how it is. So how does the church respond to this? Well, Maria bears with us. She wrote a piece in Christianity Today about this called Forgive Us Our Medical Debts. Maria, welcome back to the show. Hi, John and Kathy. Thanks so much for having me. Boy, this is a terrific story. I mean, it starts with a bad story, and the bad news is this debt that people are carrying. I mean... If you get suddenly sick, if you have a car accident, you fall down the steps, you find out you have cancer, you know, whatever it is, your financial picture can change overnight. It must be overwhelming to people. I'm sure it is. And, you know, um, I I talk to a lot of people who have actually benefited from the churches and the story. And, I mean, it's life-changing on both ends. It's life-changing when you get the bill, and it's obviously then life-changing when the bill is forgiven. But. I, I was interested. I mean, there's sort of a misperception in a lot of the political rhetoric surrounding medical bills in the U.S. There's this idea that we don't we won't treat people who can't pay. Mm-hmm. And that's largely not the case. You can get treatment, um, you know, in the emergency room on up to cancer treatment or whatever else it is. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to destroy your credit or destroy your ability to own a home or um, other, other things like that. It can just cost an arm and a leg, um, no pun intended, to get the kind of medical care that, that you need. Right. Um, and, so and it, yeah, it turns people's situation. lives upside down. Sorry, Maria. It, right, it does. It turns people's lives upside down. Yeah, it absolutely can. Okay, so yeah. then talk to us, because you, you highlighted church early on, Pathway Church in Wichita. Tell us about what they're doing. So what these churches are doing, and it was interesting, when we first started looking into this, we had heard all these local stories of churches that were paying off medical debt. 
um, from all over the country. But what we found was that they're all doing it through the same nonprofit. So right now it seems like there's only one major nonprofit that's doing this. And it's called RIP Medical Debt. It's based in New England. I believe um, it's out of New York. But what they do is they buy bad debt from um, hospitals or other medical systems. Um, and these medical systems uh, sell the debt when they don't believe they're going to get paid. Mm-hmm. So it's bad debt on their books. So to get it off their books, they sell it for pennies on the dollar because they figure, well, at least we'll get one penny. And I mean literal pennies on the dollar. Wow. And they'll say, well, at least we'll get one penny as opposed to nothing. So they sell it to this nonprofit RIP medical debt. And then what they're doing is they're allowing churches and other donors and groups to buy the debt and then just consider it forgiven. So instead of then turning back to whoever owes those bills, they're just sending them a letter saying, we've paid off your debt, and don't worry about it. You don't have to pay anything. (laughs) That's fabulous. So if some family from Pittsburgh is sitting Mm -hmm. there drowning under $50,000 in medical bills that they incurred 10 years ago that they've never been able to pay off, you're saying that there's a chance that if other churches would follow along and do what Pathway Church in Wichita, Kansas did, or Emmanuel Memorial Episcopal Church in Champaign, Illinois did, that they could have their debt forgiven? Yes. And it's it's not a situation in which an individual debtor could call RIP Medical Debt and say, hey, is there any chance you know you could try and sell my debt or you could buy it and have somebody pay it off? Because these bills are sold in huge chunks. It's the medical systems that are selling the debt in mm-hmm. huge chunks of medical bills. It's not on an individual basis. But, yeah, I mean, we would – I hate to use the word luck, so I'm going to use the word providential. Um, but <laughs> it would be super providential for a family like you described in Pittsburgh or anywhere in the U.S. If they're suffering under medical debt like this, if a church in their area would be willing to call RIP medical debt or – um, buy the debt on their own and pay it off, then yeah, those those people could be scot-free. Wow. Okay, so RIP Medical Debt, is this a specifically Christian organization? It's not. This was another interesting part of um, my looking into this. So one of the guys who runs it um, is a guy, Craig Antico, that I interviewed for the story. He himself is a believer. Um, but the co-founder of the group, I got the impression, is not a believer. They actually started the group out of Occupy Wall Street, um, and they, when they first started, they were paying all kinds of debt. So they were buying medical debt or home mortgages, um, credit card debt, all kinds of debt. But they, they realized that medical debt was really where the biggest problems were. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mr. Antico, who I spoke to, he said that definitely his belief um, in the gospel and in Jesus, who obviously forgave all of our debt, even when he knew we couldn't repay it, Um, That sort of led him to this venture. So it's not a specifically Christian organization, but there's definitely a lot of um, gospel belief within it. Maria Bayer's with us, freelance writer living in Columbus, Ohio, talking about her latest article for Christianity Today. Maria, tell us about financial professionals. How do they view this type of thing that uh, RIP Medical Debt is doing? Well, I think... um, it would, they would believe it was a net good. I mean, it's not really hurting anyone's bottom line because RIP is buying the debt from the hospital who typically would sell it anyway to a third-party collector. Um, and RIP is really the one that's 
quote unquote taking the hit. So they're buying the debt for pennies on the dollar and then they're having donors pay to have the debt forgiven. So they know they're not going to get any of that money recouped. So people within the financial system between the medical companies and RIP medical debt, nobody's taking a hit here. Um, it's just RIP who is forgiving the debt once the churches make the donation. So obviously the churches also, you know, they're making a donation without any expectation of getting money in return. Um, so everyone I spoke to seemed to think this is a great thing. You know, it doesn't totally solve the problem of out-of-control medical bills, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. I see. So, Maria, just to recap, so if people are listening and they go, wait, okay, there's a solution here for me to get out of my medical debt, you can't contact RIP directly. This, as you say, is providential. Absolutely, yeah. It's Unfortunately, it's not an individual thing that can happen. The, the debt industry is so huge, as well as the medical industry. So if you're suffering under medical debt, I mean, I suppose you could reach out to your local church and let them know that this is a ministry that exists. Um, I also would encourage anyone who's struggling under any kind of debt, reach out to your community and your Mm -hmm. local church. That's what the church is for, to rally around each other um, in times of need. But yeah, RIP medical debt specifically, it's not a situation in which you can simply call and ask to have your debt forgiven. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Last question for you, Maria. Let's talk about people on the front end, because first of all, this is a wonderful story about RIP. But what about how many hospitals there are? I can, you know, our two biggest hospitals in Pittsburgh were both founded by one by a church and one by a synagogue. So I know there are still religiously based hospitals that are even forgiving debt before it gets to the debt collection stage. Right. You're absolutely right. I spoke to a gentleman who runs um, an outreach program for a huge hospital system in Arkansas. And he said that they actually forgive more debt, um, like more money than they're paid most of the time um, in terms of they they have a a system for people who are in need, for people in poverty who come in and get medical care. If they qualify, they never pay a dime. So a lot of hospital systems are already doing that. And I think one of the unfortunate things is when we talk about medical bills getting huge and people, you know, just drowning under them, it can end up making hospitals sound like the bad, the bad guy. guy. Right. right. Yeah. And but, you know, when you, you know, you think of something like an X-ray and you think, why does this cost so many hundreds of dollars? All it is is somebody pressing a button. Well, they had to buy that machine. They had to train someone to use the machine. They had to buy all the technology in mm-hmm. that room. They have to keep their lights on and their doors open. So it's not as if they're just grossly overcharging with no thought behind it. Every, you know, medical bills, I think there is a conversation to be had about overcharging, but a lot of it has a lot of reason and thought behind it. And like you said, there are believers in those industries as well that are really trying to work with integrity and to help people. That's good. Hey, Maria, uh, Kath and I, we're fans of you. You do excellent yeah, work. Thank so you. keep it up. We really, It's really greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having me on. It's such a pleasure. I have to tell you, too, I'm a big Steelers fan. Oh, well, aren't you depressed today? Oh, my gosh. I can't even talk about it. It was a humiliation, Maria. I know. What a time. If we would have known that, that I would have included you in the text strand between John and I last night. (laughs) That was about (laughs) the saddest exchange of words you've seen in. I know. Well, the good news is it's the first game, so perhaps we'll just go beyond it quickly. Listen to how happy you are now. There's nowhere to go but up. Exactly. That's a good point. Thank you. (laughs) Maria Baer. The article is Forgive Us Our Medical Debts. It's in uh, the current issue of Christianity Today. Maria Baer, you can uh, find her online. B-A-E-R. 
the fury of the storm, they cried out to God to save them. My poor little wife got hyperfermia, and then I, 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 I kept with her, and, and she just drowned on me. <laughs> now, the storm has passed, and they need God and his people to help them make it through another day. It's, 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 it's bad. It's really bad. We need help. Families in the Bahamas devastated by Monster Storm Dorian need Word FM listeners to step into their lives with life-saving emergency relief. People are saying, I've lost everything. I know anything, you know, you could say, you know, I keep praying. Your generous gift will provide desperately needed supplies to families who have lost everything. You'll provide food, water filters, generators, clean water, chainsaws, tarps, hygiene kits, and other things needed for survival and recovery. Please send help and hope to the Bahamas now. From your cell phone, call pound 250 and say hope. Dial pound 250 on your cell and say hope or give online at wordfm.com. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. There's even a great body pillow, perfect if you happen to be a side sleeper. Regularly $89.99, but with the promo code WORD, you can get one today for only $29.99. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow for only $29.99. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. Are you self-employed or own a business and have a debt of more than $10,000 to the IRS or haven't filed taxes in over two years? Pay close attention. With a call to Oxford Tax Partners, you will find the solution to your worries. 888-512-5281. The consultation is free. 888-512-5281. I thought a payment plan was the only option with the IRS until Oxford Tax Partners settled my tax debt completely. Call 888-512-5281. If the federal or state authorities have taken aggressive action against you or your business, Oxford's team of tax attorneys will help you settle your debt every step of the way. Oxford Tax Partners has helped clients in all 50 states, including many in your area. Call today, and in addition to your free consultation, save $600 in services. 888-512-5281. With Oxford Tax Partners, say goodbye to tax worries and hello to greater financial freedom. 888-512-5281. Oh, today... Is your birthday? Thank you. It's not your birthday. And I wish you many, many, many so more. Much. It's not about you, John. Not my birthday today. Not the. Yep. Not even your close birthday? to your birthday. No, we're celebrating the birthday of people we don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. Uh, three celebrities have birthdays today. Okay. Uh, one, Hugh Grant. Oh, Hugh Grant. Uh, any estimate on how old Hugh is? Yeah, I'd say Hugh's getting up there. Uh, uh, <laughs> what does that mean? I'd say he's, uh, if he's not yet 60, yeah, he's darn close. Wow, he's 59. That's hey, good. Hey, hey. That's pretty close. Hugh That's Grant, good. I mean, he was a gigantic oh star, gosh. wasn't he? Okay, are you a fan? Oh, yeah. I loved him. I mean, he's he was so funny in so Sense funny. and Sensibility. Yeah. But two weeks notice that he did with Sandra Bullock 
mm-hmm. is one of my favorite romantic comedies. Yeah. I'm telling you, Very he funny. is so funny. You haven't seen it? Hugh Grant around for a while. No, have you? you haven't. No. I don't know what the deal is. I don't, you know. Well, after he had that, like there was like that sex scandal thing. Kind oh, of, that, yeah, that puts a kibosh on it. It really does. It helps some people's career. It kills others. Isn't that funny? Adam Sandler's birthdays today. Adam Sandler. Uh, I'm not a fan of the comedy. Uh, it's you know he was sort of like one of the nadars of the gross out humor. Right. Um, but as a like a serious actor, he's done interesting work. Cobbler's oh. a great movie. What is the, the Cobbler? Oh, that's on an Netflix? excellent film. Fantastic excellent movie. film. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know it. Oh, it's great. Highly recommended. The How Cobbler. old do you think he is? Uh, Fifty-two. Fifty-three. Okay. Michelle Williams celebrates a birthday today as well. I love Michelle Williams. I got a crush on Michelle Do Williams. Do you have a oh, crush yeah. on Michelle Listen, Williams? Listen, that, so uh, that Fosse Verdon well. thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you seen Fosse Verdon? No, I have oh, not seen Fosse Verdon. Highly recommend But it. I saw The Greatest Showman, as did Mike. Yeah, very nice. She was a star. Mm-hmm. How old do you think she is? Uh, 39. That's right. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Michelle Williams. Happy birthday. Love you. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Nearly every state in the union, with the exception of California and Alabama, is joining in an investigation on Google. At a news conference today, Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes says Google has a nearly 90% share of Internet searches. There's nothing wrong with being the dominant player if it's done fairly. That's what our investigation intends to uncover and reveal, whether Google has played by the rules and acted fairly. There's a fine line sometimes between aggressive business practices and illegal ones. Today's announcement closely followed one from a separate group of states on Friday that disclosed an investigation into Facebook's market dominance. The two probes widened the antitrust scrutiny of big tech companies beyond sweeping federal and congressional investigations and enforcement action by European regulators. On Wall Street, they're up by 38 points, but the Nasdaq dropped 15. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. When I knock on people's doors, they open up the door and they say, please don't high pressure me. I was high pressured for three, four hours last night. There's a better way to buy windows and doors, and it doesn't involve pressure. Energy Swings, Donnie Dara. I'm not here to sell you or to pressure you into anything. I'm here to help you. The first thing I do to help people is to actually listen to them, not tell them how great my company is, my product is. It's to hear what really, really makes them tick and to hear what they really, really need. That's the red carpet experience. The red carpet experience makes sure the spotlight is on you. We make sure that you are in control of the process. We are not pushing you. We are helping you because we do do this every day. But we are arming you with enough information without high pressuring you to make sure that you make the right decision for you, your family, and your home. Mention Word FM for an additional 5% off over and above any other discounts at EnergySwingWindows.com. When it comes to higher education, it's worth considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and the content and perspective of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. 
find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities, and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 14th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair, Saturday, September 14th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't chase trends. We focus on one thing, quality. We only use the highest quality materials to build our mattresses and box springs, and we put all of our products through the ringer, testing new designs and materials at our test center in Cleveland, Ohio. If a new feature or technology doesn't offer a true benefit, we don't put it in our products. At the Original Mattress Factory, our focus is on what makes a great mattress, not a great markup. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Sleep impacts your ability to focus, learn, and solve problems. But according to Harvard Medical School, only 11% of American college students are sleeping well. At the Original Mattress Factory, we can't guarantee that your college student won't stay up until 3 a.m. cramming before a big exam. But we can provide a hand-built, high-quality mattress at a factory-direct price when they are finally ready to get some rest. Visit an Original Mattress Factory store near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, a low of 57. For tomorrow, partly sunny, warmer and more humid, a high of 87. For tomorrow night, patchy clouds and a more humid night, with a low of 66. And for Wednesday, very warm, humid, some sunshine and an afternoon shower or thunderstorm around and a high of 89. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Jake Soja. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for coming along. What's this? Excuse me there. I'm happy you're, myself. Your seat's falling over. Yeah. Last night was a type of despair in a sports vein I haven't experienced in a while. Mm-hmm. You, you know how... You're lured into a sense of optimism, and you have a rosy picture about something. Right. So when the reality of the horror hits you, it's worse, because you thought it was going to be better. It was sort of like, I was thinking about this, (laughs) that thread of despair. It was kind of like running downstairs on Christmas morning and seeing Santa dead on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. That's what it felt like. There was all this excitement, all this buildup, and all Mm -hmm. of a sudden... It was a debacle. Yeah. I mean, it was the worst. The worst. I didn't even watch the second half. Uh, I went to bed. I put a movie on. Did you? Yeah. I watched uh, The Lincoln Lawyer with Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) 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 And you know what? Uh, I didn't feel badly about it. No, of course not. Because it was 20 zip, and I thought, I am emotionally fragile. Yeah. I cannot do this. What was the final score? 33 to 3. 33 to 3. An absolute humiliation. And there's really nothing else to say. However. No, No. In the football vein, I saw a story today about another group of uh, athletes in a city that's in despair, and that's Miami, because the Dolphins lost 59-10 to 10 mm. 
to the hated Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. yesterday. But the thing about the article that jumped out at me, John, is it says, and I'm reading from profootballtalk.com, per, per a league source with knowledge of the situation, multiple Miami Dolphin players contacted their agents after the blowout loss Whoa. and directed them to attempt to engineer a trade. What the heck? Multiple players said, trade me? Mm-hmm. The players believe that the coaching staff, despite claiming that they intend to try to win, aren't serious about competing and winning, and what? by all appearances, have bought into the notion that the Dolphins will take their lumps now in the hopes of laying the foundation via high draft picks for building a successful team later. What? So the players believe they're going to go 0 and 14. They're just going to just mail it in every week. Now, the coach, uh, Brian Flores, consistently has denied an intention to tank. Mm. But the first rule of tank club, of course, is to never talk about it, right? So you're not going to say that you're going to tank, but you're, you're going to do it anyway, and you're going to try to get the top draft pick. But here's the thing. First off, no coach is doing that in the first game of the year. Okay, if that happens, that's happening in the last four games of the year right. or something like that. It's no, not happening in game one. But to even have this that. conversation, what, there was already preconceived notions they were going to stink? So much so that they were going to just blow the season? Well, nobody was looking at the Dolphins and saying, well, they really have a chance to make some yeah, noise in the playoffs. Like, nobody was thinking that. However, I don't believe that the coach or the management is going to tank starting at game one no, of the season. Okay, first se- first but let me, let me ask you this. Try to go back three years in your mind. Would you ever, even in spite of a loss, would you ever have heard of a player calling their agent and asking to be traded after a bad loss. Well, now look, we just went through the Antonio Brown debacle, which was the craziest weekend in sports, not being connected to a player like we are. And so what I'm saying is that I think that the Antonio Brown story is what has caused these players to act like they are. I see. So everyone goes, if AB can do it, I'm going to do it too. I'm going to jump on that gravy train. Same thing with Le'Veon Bell. They're, right now we're watching our major sports crumble because the team is vanishing and we're getting a selection of star players. And that's all we're getting. And we just don't have a team outlook a lot of the time. Hmm. Look, teams have suffered horrible losses ever since the NFL started. For the first 10 years that the NFL was around, all the Steelers did was lose. Oh, more than 10 years. Right? That's all it was. Decades of losing. But there was there was never an individual who publicly would come out and say, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I want to be traded to another team. Because it was a, you knew that you were signed on to be part of a team. You weren't signed on to be yourself. But I'm telling you, with the whole Le'Veon Bell thing, I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to play. I didn't get mine. I deserve more. And then the whole circus of Antonio Brown. I think we're going to start to see a lot of crazy behavior. Well, then maybe you can pin the blame on high-powered agents. Because the agents are yeah, whispering probably, into you yeah. know, players' ears. You can get more. You can do better than this, man. You're the star. You can make this work, yada, yada, right? More money's going to come your way. So that that infects everybody. Right. And in the locker room, hey, man, my agent told me, oh, I'm going to talk to my agent. What? What did he say? So then everybody's inflamed. Everybody's on fire. Everybody's right. unhappy. So it's big money. It's big sports. It's social media, right? I mean, would you ever hear a hockey player, Mike? Ever hear a player in the NHL, they lose 6-1, to one, no, no, come out and publicly say, you know what, I want to be Hardly traded. ever. Right. Hardly ever. Yeah, imagine another, Sid saying that. Another thing to blame, too, I think, I mean, I don't know if this this younger generation of football players has, has experienced this in peewee football, but everybody's a winner. Everybody's a winner. Right. Um, if they lose, 
Well, look, I hadn't thought of that. That's a but good, that's anybody a good point. who's playing on these teams has been a star right. on their high school team and their college team. So they know. And all of a sudden, they're not a star, and right. they yeah, know the team stinks. that's always been the case in sports, that the more you advance, the more you find that everyone around you, you're, you, the distance between how good you are and how good the next person is is getting smaller and smaller and smaller because right, you're in right, an elite yeah. group. That's always the way it was. But for some reason now, it's just getting Ugly. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine being some dude who plays for Miami, knowing that six of your teammates called their agents and said, you know, we don't want to play anymore. We want to get traded. Right. Well, the good news Poor is schlub. nobody from the Steelers did, right? Although maybe well, they, we should have. Um, Jesse James left last year because he was sick of the drama. Um, yeah, but he was sick of the drama. He wasn't sick of losing right. necessarily. Yeah. It was drama. He was, and believe me, I was sick of the drama. So I was yeah. going to follow Jesse James. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fortunately, the drama has left us. And maybe some a big chunk of the talent as well that came with the drama. I just miss a team. I just long for a team. I want to root for a well, we team. We got a team. It's just I, not a good team uh, right now. All right. That's all. Maybe so we'll be playing next that. week. I don't know. Maybe Palomalo will come back. Oh, forget it. It's a good commercial he's doing. <laughs> it is a good commercial. Hey, employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country, a plan that pays you back every year? Now, whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial, they have a custom-made plan for you. As a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace, and Marley's been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and businesses for years. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. So go to MarleyFG.com for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania. Plans that'll save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and your overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. So give them a call now. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 or online at MarleyFG.com. 101.5 WORD Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. The Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber proudly presents the next Innovation Pittsburgh. Thursday evening, September 12th, 5 to 7.30 p.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton and Mars. Join Allegheny County Executive Rich Fitzgerald along with the area's leading public transit experts on improving the future of public transportation throughout the North Hills. Come for open networking and hors d'oeuvres at 5, followed by presentations and panel discussion. Tickets and details at pghnorthchamber.com. 
Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. Our next guest is Leighton Ford, president of Leighton Ford Ministries. He served for many years as an evangelist with Billy Graham and was featured as the alternate speaker to Billy Graham on the Hour of Decision broadcast. He served for nearly 20 years as chairman of the Lausanne Committee for World Evangelization, an international body of Christian leaders, and for many years has mentored emerging leaders all over the world. Leighton, welcome in. Thank you. Kathy, right? Yes. Leighton, hey. This is John Hall. Um, Hello. Hi, John. Hey. John and Kathy. Nice yes, sir. to talk to both of you today. Our Thank pleasure. Thank you. Leighton, uh, A Life of Listening uh, is a, really a beautiful piece. I, I love to read about people's lives, and uh, your story, a fascinating one. Um, for, our, for our audience, let's go back and, and talk about your, your early days, because uh, you, you start off a, a life of listening, and you talk about your mom, Olive, and when you were a, a young boy of 12... She took you took you out for a walk. Yes, John. I was. Uh, I, I, this was in Ontario, Canada, in Toronto, which was my birthplace, and uh, we took her for a walk in the park one Sunday afternoon. And she told me that I was adopted. Hmm. I don't know why she waited till I was twelve, but she did, and uh, that was that was very special to me. I didn't feel badly about that. I felt uh, blessed. I felt uh, chosen, loved. But it was kind of unusual to wait till I was twelve. I should have known we were adopted before then because I was about six foot one and she was four foot eleven. So I should have <laughs> realized there was some genetic difference there. <laughs> so you detail in those early pages, uh, Leighton, about uh, your parents and their business and their marriage, uh, and you sort of stuck in the middle. Tell us, tell us what that was like. I mean, a, uh, they they owned a jewelry store, but their marriage was anything but happy. Well, there's a lot of disputes that went on, John. Yes, my, it's interesting. My mother was a very devout Christian. She taught me to pray and read the Bible and took me where I'd be exposed to the things of uh, of God. Uh, but she was a very troubled person, and she and my dad, had the, they did own a small jewelry store, a prosperous one, a small one in a Chatham, Ontario, not far from Detroit. And we had, uh, I was provided for in many ways, but there was a lot of arguing between them. And I can remember lying awake at night when I was 12, 13, hearing them and wondering whether they'd ever stop. Mm-hmm. So well, it was very mixed. I was, I felt chosen by them, but I also was sometimes was very unhappy. It's very complex. I'm sure to have gone through that in your life. But at the same time, you, you talk about, you knew from an early age, whether it was from your mother's constant lecturing, but there was something that you knew that God was calling you, that there was this sifting going on in your life. And I'm sure that that sifting and knowing that call was on your life was a great source of comfort as well. Sifting is an interesting word. I hadn't thought of that before, John, but it it certainly was that way. Because even though there was uncomfortable in some ways, as I know, my mother had wanted to be a missionary. She wouldn't have been a good missionary, but she dedicated me to God's service when I was, uh, was very young. And I can remember when I was five years old, putting up my hand at a kid's camp and saying I wanted to follow Jesus. So that was important. But 
when I was uh, I was right when I was I guess about when I was about fourteen, she disappeared for some months and was gone. We didn't know where she'd gone. It was a lonely time. And that next summer, I went to a camp for some other young people. And the speaker that night talked about how he prayed in the morning. Well, I wasn't too interested at that age in how I prayed in the morning, but he talked about how he walked up and down and uh, because he was nervous and how he opened his Bible and read some words of it and turned it into a prayer. And that struck me. And I can remember going out into the woods. I thought it was a big woods, but I went there with my kids uh, not too long ago. And it's really a pretty small place. But I can remember walking up and down, reading, I think, from the Psalms. I can't even remember which Psalm it was. And having a sense that God was very real and very dear to me, so that was that was a very important time in my life. And it was later that year, uh, uh, someone came to our hometown to organize the Youth for Christ, and I was appointed as the president of it at 14. And Billy Graham came through and spoke for us, and that's how we got acquainted. Wow! So but it was it was it was, out of, it was out of that sense of lonely teenager that Jesus Christ was real and cared for me. The, the desire came for other people to know him, and that was that was part of the call, John, in my own life. So at 14, because you were a tall boy, someone looked at you and thought, yeah, this, this boy could be a, a leader. There was something about you, right? I guess so. But there was a little group of us, and my friend nominated me for president, and the organizer, he, uh, he thought I was 17 because he was tall, <laughs> because I was tall. He must have had a heart attack almost when he, <laughs> on the way home, said, I put it. 14-year-old boy in charge of this. But that man stayed with me and, and mentored me and encouraged me and helped me to keep on. Wow. Okay, so you, you met Billy Graham. Now, this was before Billy Graham was Billy Graham. Billy Graham was just a, a preacher coming through Canada, but you had the opportunity to meet him, and especially your mother as well. There was a connection between the three of you. Well, there was. Uh, and about, I, I can remember that, that night. By that time, I had and very, become very involved in, in the Youth of Christ activities. And we all knew that Billy Graham, and he, he was Billy Graham, those of us who knew him, but not widely. We knew that when he spoke, people would respond. And I can remember he spoke at our youth rally on a cold, cold January night. We thought everybody would respond, and nobody did. And I can always remember afterwards, uh, Billy came over to me and put an arm around my shoulder and encouraged me and said, I'm going to pray for you. If you stay humble, I believe God will use you. Well, I had no idea then it would end up I would miss his, be his sister, be married to her, and have all those 30 years with him until, of course, he died last year. So that's pretty amazing. So you're married to Billy Graham's sister. Tell us that story, because that's pretty amazing as well. It wasn't, though, you know, this was a, you know, something that was um, preordained. This was an awkward thing for you to, to find your wife. Well, I don't know how awkward, uh, awkward it was, but Billy told me about Wheaton College. He'd attended west of Chicago, and I got interested and went there, and she came a year later. And uh, we weren't going to be pushed into anything, so uh, I took a, a friend of mine that had been dating her and told me he wasn't getting any place, so I needed to meet her. So he took her to a hockey game, took me along, and that's how I met her. <laughs> I, was watching, I was watching the Chicago Blackhawks play the Boston Bruins. Nice. That's before the Pittsburgh was an NHL. And... Uh, I've, we uh, we met each other. I fell for her immediately, and not too long afterwards, we uh, we fell deeply in love. Wonderful. So that, I, I've had a lot of interesting introductions. I've been introduced as Billy Graham's brother-in-law, once as Billy Graham's sister-in-law, 
<laughs> one, one time, Billy introduced me at a rally and said, Leighton Forrest, the man who married my wife. So, oh, oh, no, that's not what he did. So, yeah, that's also we wrong. Some, we had some fun with that across the years. I'm sure. That could have put an end to the ministry pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. So, Leighton, then, then tell us. So, uh, you're part of the Graham family, and of course... Billy sees something in you, and you rise to the challenge. You, you know, you started to work with Billy Graham and sort of paved the way. You be, sort of became Billy Graham 2.0. Hmm. Well, I, I had never put it that way. You're very colorful. <laughs> but thanks, John. Uh, what I do remember is that you know I was 14, young as years younger than Billy, but he opened doors for me of opportunity. His his voice of encouragement was was important to me. And I can remember when he was going to New York City to the Madison Square Garden for the biggest crusade that he'd ever had up to that point. And he asked me to go there and help to prepare the way for a year ahead of time. And I think back on that, and I think if that had been me and that had been I was going to New York City, would I put a 23-year-old kid in charge? But uh, he trusted me, encouraged me. I, he knew I'd had some experience. But he was like that. He became a not only a brother-in-law, but a mentor and a great uh, great model to me. Fabulous. We're talking with Leighton Ford. He's got a brand new memoir called A Life of Listening, Discerning God's Voice and Discovering Our Own. Leighton, you write um, you know, about America in transition, and there's a, a section halfway through the book where you talk about being on tour with uh, Billy Graham Ministries and encountering racism. And uh, you, you talk about, you know, there you are, uh, and there's still people that, you know, you're working with who are African-Americans. And even in Canada, you had to find separate lodgings for people like that. Uh, tell us that story and, and how that affected you. Well, I, when I, where I, I grew up in Canada, we used to sort of laugh at the American South or, or look down on them. But uh, my hometown was about two blocks to the end of the Underground Railway. And we had a small group of uh, Canadian Canadian Africans, I guess you'd say, who were there, but uh, there was still there was still racism there. We had the singing group come through, and we couldn't find a place in the usual hotels that'd be a very special place for them. Mm. But it was it was it was later. I can remember being in Seattle, Washington, where I was actually leading a crusade, and I asked the head of the Urban League there to take me through and help me to see the problems of the inner city of Pittsburgh. Apartment. This is Seattle, rather. Could have been the same in any city. Yes. And he told me the poverty and the unemployment. I remember he looked at me and he said, Dr. Ford, the church has only moved when it's been run over from behind. And those words were piercing to my heart. Mm. And in that crusade, we began to have what we called Christian action and inviting people, encouraging people to volunteer for working in these areas of poverty and racism. That became a very important part of my own ministry. That's interesting. A personal gospel, a personal transformation but also the application of that in our society. And the uh, the title of my book is A Life of Listening, uh, and it's very personal, but I think it's also important today because we are not known to be a listening society right now, are right. we? No. We're shouting at each other instead of listening to each other. Yes. And uh, I, 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 my definition of a Christian is one who listens because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And Jesus listened. It's interesting. He spoke, but he also listened deeply to people. And I think a lot of the hurt that's going on could uh, could be helped if we learn to stop, listen to other people deeply. Leighton, are you on social media? Yes, on our website, Leighton Four Ministries. All right. Do you do you hate it? I mean, as far as the Twitter, the Facebook, all of that sort of thing. Do is... you do that? 
I do Facebook. I understand I just started Twitter. Someone got me set up on that about a week ago. <laughs> Good. If, <laughs> so someone, if someone else will do it for you, you'll like it a lot more. You sure will. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, just, well, I'm just asking because of the shouting. It seems like a lot of our shouting happens digitally, you know, through people leaving nasty comments on your website or sending you a bad email or, you know, putting a nasty post on your Facebook page. I haven't had that happen so far. I'm probably not enough people are watching to pay attention to it. But I did have a group of young social media influencers who came to spend a day with me because my heart's really to develop that next generation of Christian leaders. We yes. spent a day together, and I was so impressed with these young men and women who are using, using the media not to shout at each other, but gracefully to talk about the love of God and Jesus Christ and uh, can be a great influence. I can't say I'm big and big doing it, but I I do have a Facebook. I have some of my paintings on there if you want to look at them on our, ours, too. Fabulous. We'll de- definitely do that. I didn't know that you were a painter, Leighton. Tell us about that. I hadn't thought, John, of painting until I was uh, way up in my 60s, and uh, I was up with my son out in western Canada, read a book on painting, got curious, picked one up, didn't had never drawn a stick or a circle hard in my life, and I was in, intrigued with it, so I began to paint regularly. Really? So... My my mission statement right now is to be an. This sounds a little bit grandiose. I don't mean it that way, but to be an artist of the soul and a friend on the journey. Oh, that's because fabulous. Jesus was an artist. Van Gogh said Jesus was a greater artist than the artist because he painted people. Oh, that's wonderful. So the you know what drew me, Leighton. A lot of books come across our desks, yeah. but to be honest and to be shallow about it, what drew me to your book was the, the, the painting on the on the uh, the cover of the book. Is that you? I, no, I've done things similar, but I love that. I wish I had painted the cover, John. It's gorgeous. It really Wonderful is. Wonderful cover. Yeah. The, the pathway that leads through those trees. Wonderful. I've been places like that. Love that. Leighton, uh, tell us a story, because, you know, your, 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 your adopted mother, Olive, told you you were adopted when you were 12, but then later on in life, you went out and you searched for your birth mother. I uh, was watching Roots on television. You remember Roots? Oh, sure. Two years ago? Yeah. I was so intrigued with the African-Americans who'd gone to find their own roots. I thought, I wonder if my birth parents are still alive. So I began a search with the help of a friend in Canada. And when I was 50, I, I was able to find my, my birth mother for the first time. And uh, I, I called her and I said, I don't want anything from you except I'd like to know about you and to learn about you. And so we met. And I'll never forget the day I drove up in front of her little house north of Toronto and she was standing there and... I got out of the car, walked over, and put my arms around her, and said, "My mother. Hmm. She was the um, she was the daughter of a Presbyterian minister. She got pregnant when she was sixteen, so she was single woman when I was when she was uh, seventeen, and gave me up for adoption. And then, about a year or two later, I met. They weren't married to each other. I met my father too. Wow." So, Leighton, you've lived a heck of a life. I mean, I, I don't want to talk it too deeply because I want people to go and read A Life of Listening. But where you are right now and you see the way things are in the world, I mean, is there is there anything new under the sun? All the time that you've talked about Christ and you brought new souls into the kingdom, where are you right now as a man and as a believer? Very aware of of the problems on the agony of parts of our world, and very full of hope. I'm uh, now at my age, I've, I've seen a lot, and I still see people changed. Uh, you still get letters from people and messages, emails from people who say, I heard the Word of God years ago, and it's changed my life and made a difference. 
for me, the, the big loss was, of course, of a son who was 21 when he died during heart surgery. And it was the loss of uh, Sandy that put me into caring for, for other young leaders to help in them. And I remember after we had left him, I felt like, like, like in Pilgrim's Progress, where Pilgrim says, I've gone through the river, I felt the bottom and it's sound. And having been through that kind of a, of a terrible loss, realizing that God can take us through that with all the pain that's with it, it's given me great hope. Mm-hmm. That even out of the worst things, the worst loss that can happen, God can use it for something good. Mm. Amen to that. That's wonderful. Well, Leighton, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor to speak with you. We thank you for our short visit here, and uh, I, I look forward to finishing A Life of Listening uh, this evening. Thank you, John and Kathy. Great to talk with you. Keep listening. Thank you so much. We for sure will. A Life of Listening, Leighton Ford, Discerning God's Voice and Discovering Our Own. It's a memoir. Nello is very easy to work with. Impact Christian Church on building ministry with Nello Construction. We had become aware of several churches that are using their building during the week as a community center, and we wanted to go that direction. They were able to grasp that, make suggestions that helped us along the way, and they were conscious of our financial constraints and were really good at helping us to see ways that we could do that within our budget but within the space that we were developing. Got a vision? Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. This is the time of year where you're seeing all these images on social media of kids standing and posing in their best first day of school. And those kids all have this mix of um, uh, dread and excitement across their faces. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, everybody remembers that, right? We were there as well, first day of school. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what to expect. And it's even more so when you're going from high school to college. I had a whole group of kids on my porch a couple nights ago who are all going to different colleges, and they were uniformly excited and terrified. <laughs> because that's what it is to start college. Oh, sure. Yeah, right? without a doubt. I remember when my daughter started at Grove City College, and I was an emotional wreck. She was terrified, but there was some sort of calm and confidence in taking her to Grove City and in moving her in. Right. Not to say that you're moving your child into a monastery, but there is something about knowing Grove City is Christ-centered. Right. How that works in your child's life and your life, that you have confidence your child's going to go there and not only grow academically, but spiritually. And there's a great power in that. Right. So it's spiritual formation without the school hitting you over the head with it. You know, without being a legalistic environment, it's a way to encourage people in their relationship with Christ and whatever it is they're pursuing academically. Right. So school's underway and... Kids are going to have a great year. Lots of fun, lots of excitement. You want to send your kid to a great school? Look online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. There's even a great body pillow, perfect if you happen to be a side sleeper, regularly $89.99, but with the promo code WORD, you can get one today for only $20. 
$29.99. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow for only $29.99. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, a low of 57. For tomorrow, partly sunny, warmer, and more humid, a high of 87. For tomorrow night, patchy clouds and a more humid night, a low of 66. And for Wednesday, very warm, humid, some sunshine, and an afternoon shower or thunderstorm around, and a high of 89. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Jake Soja. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Now, wait a second. Is that a leftover from uh, 100 Top Country Songs? Oh, no. It's, it's a perfect lead-in to our next bit of conversation, John. You're a little leery of playing this. Well, I recognize that every person in Pittsburgh is depressed today because of the debacle no, 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 no. that we had to watch No, no, no. Last not week. every person because there are many – there's a percentage of people who are – uh, who are just blissfully ignorant right, of the Steelers. You okay, care less. that's an extremely, that's, that is a tiny Small. little slice of people what do in you Pittsburgh. Think? 10%? Well, five. No, no. Three. At least. One and a half. No, I would say 10% no. or more. 10% of people in Pittsburgh are not. I would proffer 20%. No. That. I would. Okay, you have no justification for that in addition to just being wrong. What's your justification? Like, all of a sudden, because you're like, pure research. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. You know. I bring all this up. John, because uh, I, I found an article in my reading today mm-hmm. about uh, professionals who end up depressed. What do you mean? Like you're depressed with your job? They're categorized according to what their career path is <laughs> or their job position is. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so this is an article by uh, Carol Wilson. I don't remember the website right now, but um, she's done research in how many people who are a certain thing, like a chef or a fireman or whatever. What are the occupations that are the most depressing? <laughs> That's horrible. Okay. Okay. So so it's not just football viewing right. that'll do it. It could be your job. And I want to tell you the nine most depressing professions. Now, does this go like nine to one? Like mm-hmm. the single most mm-hmm. depressing job? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, we don't have a whole lot of Are time here. Yeah, go. What, you think I should I shouldn't drag it out? Well, cuz Number 9, actors. What? The most mm-hmm. depressing job? Actors often keep stressful, busy schedules, mm-hmm. face countless rejections throughout their careers yeah, that's true. and feel the intense pressure to please everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I'm raising my hand. Exactly. Right? I, of course I, you are. I did that. Now, I won't go through with each of these and talk about the suicide statistics oh, that no. are included what? along with every profession. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, those are there. The along pi- with the clinical depressive statistics that are included <laughs> with everyone. But let's just put it this way. The woman's done her homework. Yeah. Okay? Wait, so give me the give me the suicide stats for actors. Uh, two and a half more times more likely to commit suicide than the average person. <laughs> Surprise is so low. Number eight. 
Yeah. Nursing home workers. Uh, God bless okay. the people who are in the nursing homes. God bless those people. Nursing home workers face their own mortality every day as they see their patients age and often die. They're relied upon to bathe and feed others and often don't get the gratitude they deserve oh. since their patients may be too ill to thank them. Yes, yes, yes. In addition, they're also often paid very low wages and worry how they will afford the things that mm, they need. God bless them If all. you know a nursing home worker, this would be a good reminder oh, to reach out to them. Yes. With a gift or with thanks. Number seven, manual labor. Okay. It's okay. hard work. Uh, it. They have a lack of respect in society, low salary, and the exhaustion of being a member of the working class. Yes. They also work atypical hours, have to take work when they can find it, and nobody goes up to the guy who works for PennDOT and says, hey, thanks for doing a good job on 279. Right. Number Although s- the guys who work in PennDOT are probably doing pretty good. Number six. It's yes. not about money, John, because physicians come in next. What? Yes. Your MD? Yes. Um, physicians know how to be successful in their attempts at suicide. And so when a doctor attempts suicide- He succeeds. They succeed. Whew. Yeah. They also have high-stress jobs. They may have trouble balancing their personal life with their work schedule, and they may be too embarrassed to seek help. You can right. imagine that, right? right? Of course, sure, yeah. Whereas who's a doctor going to go to? A doctor needs to find another doctor? Yes. I mean, that's going to be a pretty tough a therapist. Five, teachers. Dealing with behavior problems, trying to increase test scores, and handling requests from principals and parents can all lead to teacher burnout and depression. Okay. A high number leave the field altogether. A combination of stress, low pay, and the amount of work they often find themselves taking home to complete. Hmm. Number four, veterinarian. What? Vets have high competition early in their careers. They work long hours, and they often, this is really interesting, they have to adopt a high comfort level with euthanasia. Of course, Which they said contributes to people being sad and depressed. They often also tend to work alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Number three, artists. Artists? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Many experts believe mood disorders like bipolar disease and depression may be linked to creativity, Mm -hmm. which might make these types of people more likely to choose an artistic career. Number two, waiters. (laughs) John is qualified for two of the most depressive jobs. Waiters. Mm -hmm. Over 10% of people in the food service industry have suffered about with major depression in the last year. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, uh, okay, very low pay, little room for advancement. They work varying shifts, have to take orders from lots of people, mm-hmm. um, and it can be exhausting and yeah. bad for self-esteem. The number one... Most depressing profession. Mm-hmm. And it's not radio talk show host, nor is it radio talk show host producer. Mm. It is comedian. Take this job oh, really? A comedian? That's right. Hard work, years of rejection, and lousy paychecks that go along with becoming a professional funny man. That's part of the reason comedians are almost twice as likely to commit suicide than the typical American. They often also have tumultuous personal lives and struggle with drugs and alcohol. Yeah, also. That's why you love Jerry Seinfeld so much. You should all watch Comedians in Cars. I believe so. Because the guys who come out on the other end who survived it, they're full of wisdom. Right? Wonderful guys. Well, thanks, Kath. Thanks for that Monday pick-me-up. Look. After a Steeler loss, I nothing found, like the net. I found it after last night's game, and I thought, okay, there's more to be depressed about right. than just football. All right. Well, God bless everyone on that list. And uh, if you know anybody who's doing that, give them a hug today. They need some help. I'd give the shirt right off of my back if I had the guts to say, take this job and shove it. 
101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. Think for a moment with me about the silence that followed those Hebrew words. I am Joseph. And the mouths of the brothers drop open and they stand looking at him, thinking in their minds, could it be? Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, God Meant It for Good, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. In the fury of the storm, they cried out to God to save them. My poor little wife got hyperfermia, and then I, 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 I kept with her, and, and she just drowned on me. <laughs> now, the storm has passed, and they need God and his people to help them make it through another day. It's, 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 it's bad. It's really bad. We need help. Families in the Bahamas devastated by Monster Storm Dorian need Word FM listeners to step into their lives with life-saving emergency relief. People are saying, I've lost everything. I know anything, you know, you could say, you know, I keep praying. Your generous gift will provide desperately needed supplies to families who have lost everything. You'll provide food, water filters, generators, clean water, chainsaws, tarps, hygiene kits, and other things needed for survival and recovery. Please send help and hope to the Bahamas now. From your cell phone, call pound 250 and say hope. Dial pound 250 on your cell and say hope or give online at wordfm.com. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze presents the 2019 Westminster Conference, Friday, September 13th through Saturday, September 14th. Join President Dr. Barry York and leading RPTS authorities in church history, systematic theology, biblical counseling, and more for this year's focus, the Synod of Dort and the Doctrines of Grace. The 2019 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. 96 elephants are killed every day in Africa for their ivory. That's 35,000 a year. With your support, more poachers can be caught. With your voice, we can inspire more countries to ban ivory sales and reduce demand. Go to 96elephants.org and join more than a million people dedicated to saving Africa's elephants. Protect their home. Take action at 96elephants.org. We live in the strangest of times. The strangest of times where if you support traditional values, you become instantly the object of scorn, anger, and ridicule. Or if you say something, it's interpreted as something else. And then you think to yourself, wait a minute, did I say that? And the answer is no, but somehow what you've said gets filtered through our, I don't know, our PC lens or our out, feelings. Uh, or our outrage sensor. And then all of a sudden you find that millions of people are mad at you. Right. Bobby Ross Jr. is with us. Bobby's the editor-in-chief of the Christian Chronicle. It serves 138,000 U.S. print subscribers, reporting from all 50 states and 15 nations. Something happened last week uh, in the Washington Post where they called out uh, the NFL New Orleans Saints star Drew Brees. Bobby, welcome to the show. 
No, thanks for having me. Bobby, before we start our conversation, let's hear that clip. So this was a clip that really had nothing to do with any social issue that would be at the forefront of anyone's thought process. He was just encouraging kids to take a Bible to school. Hey guys, Drew Brees here. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is 2 Corinthians 5-7, for we live by faith, not by sight. So I want to encourage you to live out your faith on Bring Your Bible to School Day and share God's love with friends. You're not alone. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like that big of a thing. That was it. So, Bobby, where where did this video play? I, I, I think it was on YouTube, and I, I guess somebody in the LGBT community heard about the video and somehow linked it to focus on the family and, and turned his support of, of, of asking children to bring their Bibles to public school somehow, somehow turned that into him aligning himself with an anti-gay religious group, which is how, how the Washington Post described focus on the family and the story that it wrote about this. Okay, so there are a couple issues there. The first issue is how someone in the media says something and it's interpreted as a whole different thing by somebody else. But but before we talk about that, Bobby, let's talk first about um, about the role of the public person and how the actual, the formal media, the Washington Post, uh, translates it for the average person. Uh, yeah, and, and, and the article I wrote about this actually appears at, at GetReligion.org, which is a website that Pretty much what we do is analyze mainstream media coverage of religion, and we we run into a lot of, of situations like this where mainstream newspapers are reporting on a situation like this or reporting on, 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 a, on a situation involving a group like Focus on the Family that, that supports traditional a traditional biblical view of marriage as a sacred union between one man and one woman. And a lot of times that's automatically interpreted in news coverage as this group obviously hates gay people and they're anti-LGBT because they have this biblical belief. And that's sort of the lens through which this story in the Washington Post and I'm sure elsewhere how, how it was reported. Okay, so you're saying then that an organization that has a lot of history behind it, a lot of journalistic cred behind it, the Washington Post, they're looking at the Drew Brees 22-second clip and they're not here. I mean, even though they're professional journalists, they're not hearing what his mouth is saying. They're interpreting it to come out. They The headlines uh, called... Uh, focus on the family, an anti-LGBT religious group, even though what Drew Brees said, said had nothing to do with sex, had nothing to do with LGBTQ anything, and focus on the family is not in its mission statement really anything to do with that. Yeah, and, and, this, and, and if I'm correct, the video that we're talking about is about take your Bible to school day and doesn't the video itself doesn't even mention focus on the family. So at some point, somebody would have to draw a line and say this effort is related to focus on the family, even though they're not related to this video. So let's take this video about about kids taking their Bible to school. This, this group is somehow associated with focus on the family. So somehow Drew Brees is 
relating or aligning with an anti-gay group by, by making this video. Right. Okay, so then this blew up last week where all of a sudden, as you say, Bobby, there's Drew Brees. He's a quarterback. He's just trying to go to his job, and there he's corralled by the press at his locker at uh, as training camp is breaking up, and there were like these pointed questions about him, his faith, about his connection with LGBTQ groups, so much so that he had to go out and create a, another uh, response to this. It's a longer response. Let's place a portion of this, Mike. Hello, everyone. There's been a lot of negativity spread about me in the LGBTQ community um, recently based upon a article that someone wrote with a very negative headline that um, I think led people to believe that somehow I was aligned with an organization that was uh, anti-LGBTQ um, and, and so on and so forth. Um, I'd like to set the record straight. Um, I live by two very simple Christian fundamentals, and that is love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. I think the first one is very self-explanatory. The second one, love your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean to me? That means love all, respect all, and accept all. So that is actually how I live my life. That is what I try to do with my family, with my teammates, with uh, people in my community, with my friends, all people, no matter your race, your color, your religious preference, your uh, sexual orientation, um, your political beliefs, it doesn't matter. So the fact that these rumors um, have been spread about me are completely untrue. What I did was I filmed a video recently um, that was encouraging kids to bring their Bibles to school for National Bring Your Bible to School Day. To bring your Bibles to school, to be able to live out your faith with confidence, and I even gave one of my favorite Bible verses. It was as simple as that. So I'm not sure why the negativity spread or why people tried to rope me into certain negativity. I do not support any groups that discriminate um, or that have their own uh, agendas that are trying to um, uh, promote inequality, okay? So hopefully that has set the record straight. Wow. So here's a guy who is just encouraging young kids to read their Bible. All of a sudden the guy is a hate monger, right? right? He's a bigot. He's and racist. The, and the reason that he's looked at as a hate monger and a bigot is because the Washington Post called him that. Right. Right, and it, it, it's a matter of, of fair journalism because obviously, if if you've got gay rights groups that are making an issue out of him appearing in, in this video, then that could be, you know, if the Washington Post deems that newsworthy and says this is a story we need to report, then they need to report it in a in an accurate and an, and an impartial way. If they're truly just reporting and don't have an agenda, and part of uh, and part of the big issue here is that they failed to reflect what focus on the family really says or what they really believe it 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 was just you know it was reported and put through the lens of obviously the people on one side of this issue were on the right side of history and the other side of the people on the other side with the more traditional viewer on the wrong side. Right. But, and Bobby, this is just another tendril in some ways of a, of a Chick-fil-A story. Chick-fil-A says we are, you know, pro-traditional family, uh, and all of a sudden they're haters as well. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let me read a portion of the Washington Post article, because i got to tell you, out of all the things, you know, I recognize that, that you know, the guy, random guy on Twitter can have a, 
a crazy opinion about anything, sure. right? I but understand a- that. But there, we should demand more of our newspapers than this sort of journalism. This is what the article says. Um, it says, Breeze, who has been outspoken about his faith, pushed back against accusations that he knowingly aligned himself with Focus on the Family when he shot a video for Bring Your Bible to School Day. Focus on the Family, this is in the Washington Post, was founded in 1977 and is described by the Human Rights Campaign as, quote, one of the most well-funded anti-LGBTQ organizations in America. Now, who's the Human Rights Campaign and who gave them the license to define focus on the family only in that way? Bobby, you have a comment? Well, obviously, yeah, the Human Rights Campaign, as I understand it, is, is the nation's largest gay rights advocacy group. And obviously, they have an agenda and they're pretty they're open about that agenda. So, I mean, they're not to blame if they're somebody asked them to comment on who focus on the family is. But I mean, if you're the Washington Post and you're really wanting to find out from from an independent source, you know, who is focus on the family? What are they all about? You know, it'd be like going to to Donald Trump to get to get a, a fair un, impartial assessment of Hillary Clinton. It's just not just not going to happen in that case. You need to if you if you're truly wanting to be just the newspaper that's reporting, you should go to somebody who does who's not really right in the middle of it. You know, it's just an obvious that's where I think a lot of readers lose trust in, in the mainstream media is when they kind of go to sources like that where it's obvious. That's where we are today, Bobby. Hey, thanks an awful lot. Thanks for your reporting, especially for GetReligion.org, all that work that's being done. Look, uh, you know how it is in the landscape. You're either for us or you're against us. we got to be There's different. No gray there has here. to be a gray. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-500-5588. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-500-5588. 800-500-5588. That's 800-500-5588. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. In a recent episode of the hit web series, Adam Ruins Everything, the show shared some of the scams that are common in the mattress industry. The big markups, the inability to comparison shop, and the conflicts of interest with mattress review sites. At the original Mattress Factory, we agree with many of the problems the episode highlighted. In fact, these problems are the reason we started our company, to offer a better mattress and a better mattress buying experience. 
Visit OriginalMattress.com or our social media pages to hear our employees' reactions to the Adam Ruins Everything Mattress episode. The Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber proudly presents the next Innovation Pittsburgh, Thursday evening, September 12th, 5 to 7.30 p.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton and Mars. Join Allegheny County Executive Rich Fitzgerald along with the area's leading public transit experts on improving the future of public transportation throughout the North Hills. Come for open networking and hors d'oeuvres at 5, followed by presentations and panel discussion. Tickets and details at pghnorthchamber.com. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at indeed.com slash hire. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net News comes in that sniffing a lemon can make you, John, feel slim. Oh, give me a case of lemons. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. It's a new study led by uh, Giada Brianza. She's a PhD student. And she says, our study shows how the sense of smell can influence the image we have of our own body. Really? And on our feelings and emotions toward it. It's from the University of Sussex. It says that lemon makes you feel slim, but the pungent smell of vanilla makes you feel thicker and heavier. <laughs> okay, good. So when I wake up in the morning, yes. I'm going to have some lemon-scented something. Just smell right? it. Just just sniff in a lemon. Very nice. And leave the vanilla behind. Remember the um, remember when lemon was a big deal? Like lemon-scented pledge. That was like a really big I deal. I think that's still a big deal. Is it? Really? Lemon-scented. The companies wanted you to have that lemon Make scent. Make you feel slim if you dust right. your furniture. Very nice. Hey, thanks for being with us. Podcast is up and running. We're everywhere. Check it out. Johnandcathyshow.com. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.